Welcome to the Place OS podcast. I'm Landell Archer, sales director and podcast host. Today's interview is with Sabrina Vanish. We recorded this a couple of months ago when she was working at Noob.io, a scale-up company from Wollongong, which is about 90 minutes south of Sydney. Wollongong used to be a hub for coal mining and steelworks, but with the shrinkage of that sector came new opportunities for innovative businesses developed by locals. The iAccelerate incubator for startups was born to help nurture and scale those businesses. Sabrina is still Wollongong based, but now has a new role at a new company. And I'm not surprised. Talking to her actually made me want to hire her for our growing business. This interview has a bit of tech explaining, some bouncing back and forth of ideas and some shared anecdotes from the tech scale up scene around Sydney. I hope you enjoy. Sabrina, can you tell us a bit about the Noob.io origins and your products and your differentiators? I mean, I don't know a lot about the emerging hardware market and I just saw your company. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I think there is a lot of potential to work together. So can you give us a, a quick snapshot of what Noob.io does? Yeah, for sure. So Nubio is a manufacturer of IoT devices and we're also an IoT solutions provider. So I'll start off with just a bit about our background and how we emerged as a company. So we were started by a systems integrator company in Sydney and they've been operating for about 15 years and they were providing building automation services. So they were integrating typical automation solutions like Honeywell or Johnson's Controls. And a lot of these products have a much larger building focus. So um, what our company noticed was a large demand in the market for a more scalable, smaller automation solution that can be used in small buildings in a large or distributed portfolio. And that's really important, especially coming from a country like Australia, where we have such a large geographical area, there's buildings spread out um, over, you know, multiple states and cities. So... Mm -hmm. That encouraged us to start looking at what solutions were available and we couldn't really find much available in the market Um, and we already had some experience working with um, software and doing our own custom software development. So then the natural next step was to start developing our own hardware that was a lot cheaper and more easily deployed and scalable for those smaller sites. So that was about six years ago when we started developing um, our solution out. And since then, we've been really successful in the small building market. So we work with a lot of retail clients, such as um, supermarkets or even government buildings that are distributed across Australia. Um, So we've got a couple of different products in our range. We have a range of wireless environmental sensors, as well as sensors that can capture data from different assets. That could be a utility meter or it might be monitoring the status of an air conditioning unit. So all of that data we can capture wirelessly and then it's sent back to our main gateway. So then we have a range of gateway and controls devices so we can do typical building automation as well as more IoT focused applications. So yeah, that's really cool. So yeah. you started in that sort of, um, yeah, that space of traditional sort of BMSs and controls and then sort of found the niche of where products needed to head and be more scalable, be a cheaper solution, which is really cool. So six years in, that would classify you guys as a bit of a scale up, right? Yeah, exactly right. So 
we've sort of moved from the introductory stages of being a startup and now we're really just working on continuing to land much larger um, deals with our clients and yeah, scaling up and potentially expanding overseas and it, it growing our team as well. Yeah, that's cool. You're in the smart building space, just like we are. And I know that there's going to be a lot of possibilities with integration between our platform and your sensors and your hardware and your gateways. Um, I want to ask you, what sort of things are you getting asked about recently? Because my phone is ringing nonstop and it's asking about like COVID features, basically. So how do we return people to buildings safely? How do we ensure social distancing when they're in their workplaces? Or can you give us some work from home features that sort of like lets people's managers know simply like when they're working from home, whether to expect them in the office, um, how to give them the tools that they need. There's all these sort of workflows around um, either working people into spaces or just continuing the current trend of working from home. What are you guys getting asked for? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because over the last couple of months, we've had really high demand for three products or services that aren't in our typical range. So the first one has been CO2 and environmental quality, which has definitely um, was more apparent at the beginning of the year after the bushfires. But even now Mm -hmm. we get a lot of requests for monitoring CO2 and just understanding overall indoor environmental um, quality. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the main ones. The second one that we've had a lot more demand for recently is people counting. So one of our sensors, we have a PIR sensor, so that can monitor general motion, but it doesn't tell you necessarily if there's like three people or six people in a space. So we've Mm -hmm. had a lot of people wanting to know how many people are entering and exiting their buildings. Um, We've even had requests for things like monitoring the number of people in a shopping line in a supermarket or how far apart they're spaced. Um, That's been another really, really prominent one, especially over the last two months. And then finally, a third um, service we've had a lot of engagement with recently is utilities monitoring. And I don't think that's necessarily related to COVID or the bushfires in particular, but probably more um, closely related to neighbours and just general cost reduction in in buildings. So we've had a lot of inquiries about doing sub-utility monitoring, for example, in a large commercial building where they have multiple different tenancies or, um, again, over a more distributed portfolio. Yeah, and see, things like that would be really cool because we've had phone calls about you know, people aren't using their buildings in the CBD at the moment, but, and they, and they can see on these dashboards um, via their BMS that the, what the energy usage is, but they can't really do anything about it. So those buildings are just run on specific settings that assumes that they're going to be at a certain level and they don't adapt to the occupancy level at, in, in real time. And I know that with like sensors that you have and the APIs that you um, that we can play with as PlaceOS, that sort of stuff wouldn't happen in the future. We can we can actually take occupancy, we can take the utilities monitoring, and then we can orchestrate some change to actually improve the airflow or reduce the energy usage by turning off things that aren't being used. Um, I think that that's really exciting. Yeah, and I think the people counting is such a good example of how we could utilise that. So saying, um, you know, you have 20 people in the building so you can 
you can optimize your air conditioning based on that or there's actually no one in the building today so don't run that typical schedule have everything turned off and then in turn you can save utilities and reduce your energy through those processes yes i love that and and we do people counting via camera sensors at the moment but in offices they're they're typically pretty expensive like that the cost range for sensors um like that is i don't know anything from like $20 a sensor right up to $200 per sensor, which is, is some yeah. of the costs that I've seen. Um, but you guys have had some real success with your, um, with your hardware. And not only is it a bit more cost effective, as I understand, but you also have the ability to sort of, um, with some of your sensors, put them on and take them off. Like they, they kind of become movable, right? Like you can, you could put sensors into a workplace um, for an organization who's kind of planning to move out, you could do a bunch of analysis and then um, you would have some data to take into the new workplace. Yeah, exactly right. So one of the benefits of utilizing IoT and web-based technologies is that we can perform the typical data aggregation, but using all wireless technologies. So we don't have to drill holes through the walls or run cables. You can just deploy it. And then, um, you know, if it's just using screws or double-sided tape or sticky tabs, the sensors can be easily removed. And then all you have to do is unplug the gateway and you can move it into a new facility. So that can really help um, customers out with capturing that data for a much lower cost way and then repeating that as well. Yeah, see, there's a massive market for that because I think people move from one building to the next because they figure out that they're running out of space. Um, yeah. But they're still very much in the dark about what that new space requires and what, you know, what things actually need to go into that space. So they work with space designers, but with very little insights into what they had previously and what was really popular. And I think overlaying some of these sensor data and being able to get that sensor data really quickly and easily um, is, yeah, just a huge jump in the market. Um, now, you guys, like us, are a relatively small business working with large businesses. Now, I know that I get frustrated with parts of that because, I mean, Gartner tells us that the average technology sale now involves like 16 people. Yeah, um, it's really hard sometimes, and and sometimes I, I mean I personally get frustrated that there's I have to repeat myself so many times, and that the internal communication in large businesses isn't great. Yeah. Um, what do you get frustrated about? Yeah, it's funny when you talk about there being so many different people involved in a sale because I find it really frustrating when you make a sale and then you have to go through such a lengthy procurement process. So I'm not yeah. sure if that's something you guys have to experience much with software, but with hardware, there's a full-on process for procurement, um, multiple different levels of, um, you know, validation or, um, yeah, different levels of access that we have to go through. And I guess I understand that it's not really an expectation that we can have for them to improve that because it's just the way it is, but it's definitely something I find a bit frustrating and can really slow down the deployment process. And I guess yeah, um, no. you're, you're yeah. selling this like easily movable thing that could go yeah. into a building like tomorrow, but it'll take three months to procure. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so that can be a bit frustrating. <laughs> um, and then I guess something else that I find a little bit frustrating is if larger organisations don't have a really clear digital or IoT strategy. So they might hear about us through 
a webinar or at a trade show and they say, okay, like let's put, let's put some IoT into our buildings, but they don't know what the outcomes are or they don't have a clear strategy of how they're going to integrate that with their existing analytics provider or their existing building automation system. And that can be a real holdup. So we find ourselves doing a lot of education because people just have a lot of unknowns and they're scared about what new technologies can provide. Yes. And do they actually understand the technology? Like, do they, do they know about LoRaWAN and, and, you know, different specifications? Oh, it's, it does a broad range. It's a really mixed bag. I mean, a lot of people um, will have technology advisors or consultants within the business, but then a lot of others won't. They'll just have a, you know, a traditional building automation system. And then we do a lot of education around, okay, this is, we use a protocol called LoRa and here are the benefits. And this is how it's different from Wi-Fi, which you may be more familiar with. So it is a bit of a longer sales process for us in that sense, because we have to do a lot of the legwork there. Yeah, we're the same. So we, we don't really fit into any one particular category. So we'll get asked, are you an ESB? Are you an API gateway? Are you an IWMS platform? And it's like, well, no, we're kind of a mixture of all of those things. Um, yeah. We're an integration platform, but you've got orchestration, automation, control, all built in with modules. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really fit neatly into a heading and a subheading. So it's, yeah, and, and that's not really a technology category for it necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can, the education process is real for us as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the technology behind your devices? Sure. So we utilise, as I mentioned, a lot of web-based and wireless technologies. So, for example, the wireless protocol we use for our sensors is called LoRa Raw. So that uses part of the protocol stack from LoRaWAN, which is a really widely and commonly used radio frequency across a lot of IoT applications. So people often see it being used for smart cities or ag tech to send small packets of data um, longer distances. So one of the key benefits of LoRa is that we can get really good transmission range in a commercial environment. So for example, with Wi-Fi, you might only be able to go two or three rooms away from the router. Um, so I'm sure you've probably experienced having a dropout in your home at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But with LoRa, we're, we're sending much smaller packets of data and but because of this, we're able to send it much further distances and it can actually penetrate through walls and floors. So that makes it a lot more beneficial for using in a commercial environment. And then there's a couple of other technologies as well. So we utilize a lot of internet protocols like MQTT or, or others, which we utilize um, as a data transfer. And then we can also integrate with the traditional building type protocols like BACnet or Modbus as well. So it's quite a broad range and a combination of traditional and new. Yeah, see, really cool. Now, tell us a little bit more about your background and your career. What what drew you to this sector? Yeah, well, I actually fell into working in technology completely by accident. So I was mm-hmm. I was studying at UAW. So I have a double degree in marketing and psychology. And I was working at the uni and at the time Noob was in a startup incubator at the UAW Innovation Campus. And I've I'd- been there. Yeah, I've seen that place. That's It's really cool there. Yeah, yeah. So that's where they started out in like the really, really early days. And I just got chatting to the general manager there and he was explaining, you know, the mission and where they'd come from and the technology development and the type of customers they were working with. And they had a marketing position available at the time. 
So um, yeah, they just offered me a job as we all got along really well. And it's just my career has really evolved from there. So since then, I've I still do a bit of marketing, but I've transitioned more into a sales role now because our product is so, such, a, such a niche and it's a bit hard to teach to new employees. So I've definitely taken on a lot more of the sales in that aspect. Um, so yeah, so now I work predominantly with our new clients, which is really cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. And so your um your passions then, your psychology, marketing, um, like do you get to use those types of things in your role now? I mean, obviously, the, the sales is so much of psychology. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I know people are either really surprised that I picked that degree combination or they say, okay, that makes total sense because marketing <laughs> is just psychology and how people interact with products and services um but what I actually picked that degree combination for was to go into market research or research of some type so a lot of psychology isn't necessarily clinical work it's doing research so how people you know react or perceive certain things and that has been a passion of mine for a long period of time and although I'm I'm not doing research full-time I have been able to apply that in different ways for noobs. So I'll write blog posts about different IoT trends or, you know, compare different market trends um, through a more academic style report. I haven't had a huge amount of time to do that recently, but yeah, it's something I'm still passionate about and hoping to get back involved in pretty soon. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I think with my work, like my background was in sports science and health and it seems weird to someone who might not have seen me for a while. And I say I'm working in smart building technology. And then I, they're like, what, weren't you in sports technology for a while? And weren't you like an exercise physiologist? Um, But there's just so many crossroads, right? With modern tech, like I think a lot of the things that you learn from any degree can be applied in this area because it's just so broad. Like the people that you're talking to, they'd be pretty similar to the people that we talk to, although we might have a little bit more of the people and culture people and the um, the kind of mm, experienced designers within a workplace, whereas I'm yeah. guessing you would probably talk more with the facilities managers. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're kind of coming from the base building up and we kind of traditionally come from a little bit of the tenancy down into the base building um, yeah. and then trying to integrate with products like yours so that we can get some orchestration in the tenancy as well. Um, so you have projects and, and you have clients that are a little bit different from us. Like you have, I know that you do a bit with service stations and with bank branches rather than like the headquarters of a bank. Yeah. Can you um, tell us a little bit about those kind of um those kind of projects like it must be difficult with distributed places I mean we we typically go into one building and we might do like 10 floors of that one building but your projects might have um like like 10 different locations in in 10 small suburbs or you know can you talk a little bit more about that yeah for sure so we started that was our original core offering so we um those types of facilities for example a bank it might have one lighting system one pack unit it has a front room where the customers come in and then a back room where just the employees are able to go so there's a couple of different types of subsystems there and then they might also have 
other things like fridges or a couple other critical assets. So there isn't really a technology solution that can integrate so many different types of data for a low cost. So that's how we originally started this whole, um, you know, technology journey. And what we do for them is just aggregate all different types of data using our wireless sensors. So it could be the mechanical assets, the lighting, the environmental conditions. We also do some custom OEM development. So if they have, um, for example, like a hot water system or something there that they can't connect to, we develop custom modules to fit into those devices to connect that to the internet as well. And then yeah. we aggregate... Yeah, we aggregate all of that data together in one gateway and then we push it up to the internet. And predominantly that's that's being pushed to a third-party analytics provider because mm -hmm. these types of portfolios have such large volumes of data. So we might have 100 or 500 or 1,000 sites in a portfolio. So we just do the data aggregation on site and then it gets sent on to the client's preferred analytics provider. Very cool. I can see exactly where PlaceOS sits in that because you just, we could push that data up to PlaceOS and then get some automation around what that data is telling us and what behaviors we should, like what actions we should take because of that data. So the yeah. kind of orchestration around like what to use that data for, like it's great to know what the data is and to look at it in a dashboard, but the next level is to be able to orchestrate some change based on what data feeds you're getting in. Yes. Um, and that's definitely how I see building data and analytics evolving. But how do you see it evolving? Yeah, I, I see it evolving in a pretty similar way to what you guys are doing because one of the main um, concerns our clients have is that they don't sort of want their data being siloed up in different areas. They want everything accessible and integrated across multiple different verticals and multiple different subsystems. So it's not really useful to them if they have one system for, you know, their air conditioning and one system for their lighting and one system for their space utilization, because then they're, they're paying so many different fees for all of that and the data isn't connected. So I definitely see more cloud integration and almost systems integration at a cloud level being a more evolving practice moving forward. Wow. Yeah, we're definitely aligned on that. That would be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, I have, um, I've sort of gotten through all of the things I wanted to pick your brains about because I know that you're like even you know, talking to you, you're insanely technical, like you've got so much detail there that um, I think will be really interesting to users. Um, they, they might not have even heard of, of, you know, Noob and the potential and the technologies that you guys use underneath. So if yeah. someone wants to get in touch with you, how best do they do that? Probably via our website or LinkedIn. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to me there or just head to newbio.com and um, there's a contact form there as well and I can send some information over. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Sabrina. I will see you soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.